to podcast three um, of uh, Unleashed, Unchained and Unapologetic. I still have to get look at that every time I do it, Karen, because I'm always frightened I'm going to get them muddled up. But it's really? all use, so it doesn't yes, really matter, does it? it's all about you, exactly. That's all you need to... All about you. All and you of course, um, as always, the subject matter of our podcast, and I hope you're beginning to enjoy them and getting some value out of them, is the fact that you know we're obsessed with getting leaders to stand up and um, step up. So workplaces really truly work for all, everybody. Um, and everything that we do in these podcasts is to support you, to help you lead and shift the status quo forever by taking one human step in a smarter direction. So today, Karen, we're going to be talking about um, the inner critic and the inner judge, aka your self-abuser. Yes, and I just want to be clear about the whole self-abuse in the workplace thing. Um, and in the words of Radiohead, one of my favourite songs, um, you do it to yeah, you do it to yourself. You do, and that's what really hurts. And I often end up uh, working with leaders who have, and actually, this is everybody. Let's be honest, we all spend our time judging ourselves and quietly criticising ourselves on the inside, sometimes without realising it, sometimes as a, a habit, and it's really uncomfortable. It comes from us questioning whether we're good enough nine times out of ten. But we really want to talk about the judge and the critic in a different way today. Okay, so let's talk about the judge and the critic. Let's start about the judge Okay, so um, anybody that's had a coach out there, and, and by the way, coaching, yeah, mm, interesting, um, will come across probably some help with inner judge and inner critic. And many coaches, many um, people believe that one of the ways to, to deal with the inner judge and the inner critic is to silence them. You know, if you can just get them to shut up, then all will be well. Um, I fundamentally disagree with this. It's a bit like trying to get a two-year-old to shut up. In fact, it's very similar to getting it's a like two-year-old to shatter. shut up. Exactly. And the point about trying to get a two-year-old to shut up is they just shout louder. They just get more strident and they start throwing things eventually if you don't listen to them. Your inner judge and critic are very, very similar. These are hardwired pieces of you that are designed, very importantly, to protect you from threats. So how do you get a judge and critic's a really obvious yeah. place to go? Um, I'll give you an example from my own childhood. Uh, came home with uh, the results of an English exam. Um, English was my best subject at school, miraculously. Um, and I was really proud of the score that I'd got. And I'd only lost one and a half marks on the test. Um, one of them, by the way, for saying that the plural of sheep was flock and not sheep. Debatable. Well, yes, but is two sheep really a flock? It's a, it's a valuable question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I bought this home and I showed my father and I was super proud. I mean, he, he was all about the science and I ended up doing engineering as a result. But he was um, and I showed it to him and I was, you know, it was amazing. I'd, I'd done the best. And he, he turned to me and he said, yeah, but where did where did the other mark and a half go? Wow. Now, in human terms, knowing my father as I do now, that was a joke. But my seven year old self did not hear it as a joke. My seven-year-old self heard it as the only acceptable score is 100%. And that's where it all started. So anything less than 100% was failure. And my judge would be there going, well, you got that wrong. You got that wrong. and You got that wrong. Why? That's high standards, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but my Oof. judge was there to try and get me love from my father. Because love equaled 100%. You know, if I'd taken that score, I think, oh, you're amazing. I would have felt loved and approved, loved of and approved. Or 
loved and approved of even. Um, but instead I felt rejected and like I was a failure. And so my judge then became very on it about doing really, really well at all times. Exhausting, annoying. I was the Hermione Granger of my family. Um, and just, just all kinds of wrong. Notice the judge saying that word as well. Critic is really about, well, that wasn't good enough, was it? You know, it's good, better, best, worst. Now, why is the judge there? So the judge was there for me to try and get me more love, to try and get me more approval, to make sure that I got things right because that made me acceptable. So in a really weird way, my judge was just trying to help me out. Mm. And my critic was just trying to help me to do better. But instead of that, they became too you know, voices, if you like, with massive baseball bats. So if I got feedback at work, you know, you've got your criteria, meets expectations, I'd always get a great review, but there would be a couple of points on there that would be negative. My judge and critic were on those like white on rice. It was like, yes, Karen, you have failed. You're not good enough. You're ridiculous internal chatter, super, super destructive, self-abuse, optional. Is. And it's incredibly painful. Yeah. Yeah, but it does make you very driven and very successful. Yes. And I'm speaking to everybody out there because we all have these voices. And what they're encouraging us to do is do better. So the intention's great. It's just the execution that's pretty rubbish. So when a coach or anybody says, silence, you're in a judge, you're in a critic, my antidote is the opposite. You need to listen to them. They want to be heard. What they're saying is, you need to do something differently or you could do, could do something differently to have a better outcome. So see it as a pivot. A pivot, but also someone that deeply cares about you being okay. Yeah. Right? They deeply care about you being okay. It's just their communication style is really rubbish. So, you know, listen to the judge. What is the judge urging me to do? Is it urging me to work harder? And if it's urging me to work harder, is that reasonable or realistic? So go back to my English test. My judge is, is you know, you, you, you have failed. Now, I could have had a little chat with my judge and said, well, I lost a mark and a half. We did pretty well here. You know, 100% couldn't have got much closer without getting it. That's a pretty good job well done. So thanks for the input. But actually, I'm OK with this. And by the way, I've had a bit of banter with my dad about it. If I'd been a little bit of a stronger human, I might have said, well, yeah, one and a half marks. We'll see what we can do next time. But seven-year-olds don't have access to that and parental judgment is everything. So, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important to give yourself grace and context. But most of all, you will only be effective if you can be kind to yourself and celebrate the bit you have got, not the bit you haven't and treat the bit you haven't as the bit you need to learn. So I'm sure there's loads of people that can relate to this because it's human nature, isn't it, right? It is. At the end of the day. This is not rocket science. So so for people out there who recognise this and can resonate with what mm -hmm. we're talking about, what would you say is the key thing to look out for? It's becoming self-aware, isn't it, of when that judge and critic are at play. What would you say to look out for them? When is it for them to go, aha, it's when you feel rubbish about yourself. It, it literally is that moment of just, I feel like I have failed. And at that point? You need to look at the facts, right? First of all, did you fail? 
if you if you've completely cocked it up, I'll give you a good Do example. You know that to be true. So my 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 son first driving test, very good driver, but in the first driving test, got one major. He got no minor defects, just one major. Mm. Oh no, he got two majors, and that's why he failed. And the two majors were were pretty bad. He'd never done it before, you know. He'd never made those mistakes, but he was anxious. He came out and his he said to me. I mean, first of all, he was red-faced because he was embarrassed. And then he said the magic words, I'm so ashamed. Oh. I feel so stupid. The, the, the driving instructor actually had to put her hand on the handbrake at one point, And she was clearly pissed off with me. And my heart broke from a little bit. And I said, well, you know, what did you learn? And he said, well, I'm certainly not going to be pulling out around a parked car again like that. And I, saw, so, and I said to him, so job done. So this is designed to make you a safer driver. And, you know, the other great news, zero body count. Like nobody died in that driving test. So what's really interesting about that is as you're telling me that story, I'm immediately going, oh, great compassion, great empathy. You know, you want to give him a big, big hug. Hmm. But we don't do that for ourselves. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So we spent the entire drive home talking about how he felt and why he felt ashamed and re-baselining that shame as learning mm. re-basing that and actually as humor we ended up actually laughing about it because it was like you know well nobody died you know this was this was a valuable piece and it, it's about taking the time to be kind to yourself enough to say I'm not perfect and that's okay and I'm good enough and that's great. And to find the bit, I was I always like to use this phrase, it's find the golden nugget in the experience. What have you learnt that is going to make you stronger, funnier, more resilient, a better person, a happier person going forwards? I don't like to use the word better because that's me going to critic. But, you know, it's really important to to take these things as positives and it's a choice again we can look at it negatively oh my god what a disaster it shouldn't be on the roads there's many judgments you could have or you know I could have said to him well that was a bit stupid wasn't it or well you know better than that mm. things that we say to our kids all the time I could have said all of those things but I looked at this boy standing before me and I thought he needs to know it's okay he's okay we're all really tough on ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. We're way but too how tough. often do you say, I'm okay? How often do you look at yourself and say, wow, I'm actually good enough. Wow, I did my best there. Mm. You know, we're quite good at saying that we did our best. That's something I've, I've noticed people are getting much better at nowadays. Mm. Certainly when I was at school, doing your best wasn't really rewarded. Mm. You know, there were no points for second place. You know, the good old Top Gun era. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but for me, it, we are getting better at it, but we're still very unaware, I think, of how much harm we do to ourselves by just being unkind. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I, and I can relate hugely before doing the work myself. Mm -hmm. um, and we are, you know, still, we're human. We're always going to trip up. But being aware of it has such a big impact. Again, you um, coach a lot of C-suite leaders around the world um, and... You must have differences in the people that you coach where you see some people have a lot of that more than others. How does it play out? 
I think there are two, there are, well, I don't like to put a number on it. There's definitely people who've been through more traumatic experiences. You see, a lot of this is born in the family yeah. at home when you're a child or at school. So it really is about parents versus children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people come from pretty traumatic backgrounds um, and are very, very, very hard on themselves as a result. Usually the judge or the critic is a parent or a mm -hmm. teacher or a, you know, catchphrase that they picked up when they were kids. Um, but it's a sense of, of of not matching up, not measuring up. Um, and so the other thing I always say to people is when you when you start to look at your judge and critic, make a list. What does your judge say to you and mm. when do they say I it to you? I love that. Similarly, what, what does your critic have to say and when do they say it to you? you know, when did you last criticise yourself? When did you last judge yourself and about what? And then the next kicker question is, and which parent was that? <laughs> which teacher was that? Which sibling was that? Where did that message come from? Because as I say to all my clients, you know, no baby is born and goes, oh, I'm not very good or I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I did that a bit wrong. Babies come out entitled, believing that they are the centre of the universe and that they have a right to whatever they need. And they're very good at explaining that to the world. And it's only as we get exposed to adults, mm. it is adults generally, that we start to realise actually we need to we need to be smaller and we need yeah. to rope ourselves in a bit and that's where the judgment and criticism's born. And I think as well, you know, even when you can having done some of this work myself, even when you can pinpoint where that came from, how do you change it? How do you change it? But also seeing them oh. being hard on themselves, <laughs> which is what yes. what plays out in terms of. Why you feel because because I think a lot of things that happen this this can relate in personal lives and the workplace right because mm -hmm. it mirrors each other, but you'll see a lot of times where oh my god I'm blaming my mum because she made me like this mm -hmm. without thinking oh my goodness how hard has my mum been on herself mm -hmm. in order to do this for me because the Perfect. intention is never ever ever bad it's never coming Perfect. from a bad place. And I think this is the other really important thing, and I, I do like this phrase because, you know, it's around the place, is these are learnt patterns of behaviour. Yeah. This is not something we're born with. It's something we learn to do to ourselves. And to Elle's point, which is beautifully put, um, when you see your parents and you realise that it was your dad that passed on the judge or your mum that passed on the critical, maybe both of them, when you look at who they are and mm. how they treat themselves and how they judge themselves and the world, you realise they've gone through exactly the same thing you're going through too. And they probably had that baton passed on to them from their parents. So what we do is we pass this down generation by generation. And part of the reason for this podcast is that we're, we're a bit of a stand for, you know, the adults in the room starting to be more aware of how they're behaving with themselves and what role modeling they're doing for the people around them next gen in the workplace their children at home actually their peers and friends because when one person stops beating themselves up and makes it okay to make a mistake you know oh yes well we completely messed up that presentation we won't be doing that again what nobody we... died yeah but what should we do differently <laughs> next time and notice the use of the word we because the truth is that when we own yeah. our mistakes or perceived mistakes or things that didn't go well in the work environment together we give permission for everyone else to do the same and immediately it becomes more human because no one's perfect and we use these words in a meaningless way all the time you know we talk about perfectionism and no one's perfect at the same time and yet we don't actually in practice say well it's true you know 
I, I love, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe slightly tragic, but I, m my daughter said to me one day, she said, one of the things that's most annoying about you is that when you make a mistake, you say, oh, yeah, I com completely messed that up. Yeah. And she said that just makes you even more perfect. And I said, no, no, I'm not perfect. That's right? the point. It's just, it's just that. It's I okay. want you to know yeah. that it doesn't matter. It matters if you're a surgeon and the, the scalpel slips, but that happens too. Mm. You know, accidents are always going to happen, but uh, they're not intentional. And that's the commonality we have as human to human. We are all imperfectly, or is it perfectly imperfect? Absolutely. I think. Yeah. This has been really, really interesting. I'm sure there's going to be um, loads of people that found this really interesting mm. today. So with that, which we always like to say at the end of our podcast is, what is the one thing, having listened to this today, that you are going to do to take action on in order to make a better tomorrow? So the one thing, um, we're going to practice self-acceptance in this way. I want anybody to pick... Um, a moment in the last little while at work where something's happened and they've literally beaten themselves up for it. It could be a review, it could be a meeting, it could be a mistake, it could be a conversation, it could be anything. And ask themselves, was it the judge? Was I right? Was I wrong? Or was it the critic? I'm not good enough. I should have done it better. Okay. And pick on that one thing and then look at that one situation and say, and what did I do well? And allow yourself to own that bit for wow. a change. Um, and even if all you did well was to survive the experience and manage to do this exercise, that's a win. That's brilliant. Really, really good. And again, remember, it all starts with you. Yeah, and you have 100% choice over whether you want to beat yourself up or not. And it's completely optional at all times. At all times. Great podcast, Karen. And again, so. if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to hear the next one, please click on subscribe and the uh, bell at the top. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.